0: You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anisa, and Boromar. Hi, I'm Saya. I'm Anisa. And I'm Boromar. Welcome to our first prepalung of twenty twenty two. We've been diligently watching dramas, all the better to yak at you with, but it being the beginning of the year, we're all about, I don't know, putting goguma on a diet, but it's also a party, so we're each bringing a dish. But before that, we wanted to thank our
1: patrons. So we have some new patrons since the beginning of the year. We wanted to give y'all a shout out. So thank you so much, Tal A, Jen K, Alain H, Anonymous Iguana, um, Because we still wanted to thank you, even though you didn't want us to credit you by name, but we appreciate you. And Daisy, thank you all so much for allowing us to keep doing this
2: crazy thing that we're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And before jumping into the actual episode, we wanted to ask you to leave us a review, which is a very podcaster thing to do, we know. But (laughs) since we don't do this often, we kind of hope that, you know, you can forgive us for this. For Apple listeners, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We are not saying leave us a five-star review. We are not those people, though we want to be. I mean, we would appreciate it a lot, (laughs) but you're not being forced. (laughs) So yeah, for Apple Podcast listeners, please... Leave us a review on your app. And for non-Apple people, you are totally our favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please <laughs> Le- leave us a review on uh, your Android app if it allows you to uh, leave us ratings and reviews. We know that not all Android apps do. And if you don't want to, because it's too much of a bother, we totally understand and <laughs> commiserate. So no hard feelings. Okay, mm-hmm. now on to the episode.
1: Yay. So, what are we starting with? So, we're talking about some newer dramas this time that have aired recently. Um, One of the ones that came out a couple weeks ago is 2521, which I've watched three episodes. Borma, you said you watched about four. Yeah. And I was like on record in the last What's Up in Drama Land as being like a little skeptical of Namji Huck and a little skeptical of. is it Kim tae or Lee tae I can't remember. Kim tae Kim tae yeah. I, I was a little skeptical of Nam Ji hyuk and I was also a little skeptical of Kim tae casting. Not because I don't like her, but I was just like, as a high school student, I don't know. But, like, she's killing it. She's adorable. Um, and he is, like, the best I've ever seen him. Like, I, have, I am, like, a converted to the Nam Ji hyuk Fandom at this Yay! point, like, I, you, I changed my mind for him. Like, yeah, like I wanted to tell you that first because, like, you were like, "No, no, no, he's actually okay." And I was like, "I don't know," but I think he's really improved. He's come a long way. I really like him in this.
2: I I am so happy to be vindicated because I always thought <laughs> that he had the potential to, you know, do really well. I just think he hadn't met the right fit in terms of characters, mm-hmm. and this was the right fit. And Oh my God, I just, I really love him. So right now, uh, where the story still is, I haven't watched uh, the latest two episodes, uh, episode five and six, but I've watched an episode four, at which point he's this um, 20, uh, how how old is he? 22, 21? He's 22. So let's like
1: quickly refresh people's memories if they haven't started watching this about the premise Mm -hmm. before we start talking about it. Basically, at the beginning of the drama you know you have it's like 1998 the female lead is 18 years old i guess yeah you know the imf crisis just happened so everyone's struggling her school's canceled her fencing club and that's her dream is to be like a, you know a gold medal fencer um so she like tries everything in her power to like transfer over to the school where like her her idol trains like this olympic gold medalist so like that's like basically her everything that motivates her at this point in her life and then you have that's Kim tae character. Then you have Nam ji hyuk who's um, used to be a really rich and privileged uh, college student. But after the IMF crisis, his dad lost everything. Now he's like living on his own in a basement apartment with part time jobs. And he's like just struggling to adjust to these very different new circumstances in his life. And they meet each other and they kind of help each other out through their struggles and they become friends. And it's like the cutest thing ever, honestly.
0: Is his character here anything like his character in Weightlifting Fairy? Like, is he playing too No,
1: not at all. It's much not better than his character oh. in Weightlifting Fairy. In Weightlifting Fairy, he was just a nice guy. Here, he has pathos, and he's got complexity, and, like, he's interesting. But he's also, like, super nice. Like, he doesn't have... Like, he, he tries to be a good guy. Yeah, and he doesn't have that, like, baseline rudeness that for some reason... Well, I mean, I know for what reason, but like he doesn't have that baseline <laughs> rudeness that K-drama writers always tend to invest rich characters with because like he's been through this very difficult thing that like it happened before you met him. So he's already become humbled by it. So it's really nice to see him, like to meet him at this moment in his life rather than meeting him like when he was still, you know,
2: Tebo Ise Namjoo you know, <laughs> He's also a character who's growing into adulthood and you can see that and that's just really good writing because especially in this character more than uh, Nahido, which is Kim Theri, um, because he's in that cusp where he is paying for his own room and board and his food like he has to literally take care of himself. But he's still not quite matured as yet. He's kind of still uh, straddling that borderline. You you can really see those really adult mature moments in him. But you can also see the child in him sometimes. And that is just making his character so, so um, relatable. And just just, I have a lot of affection for this character right now.
1: Like, first of all, the writing is the star of the show the writing oh. is so good i am so happy with the writing and like as you said that age difference and we talked about this when we were previewing this in the february what's up in dramaland too like these periods in your life are full of change the ages that they are right now and because of the imf crisis like even more so full of change than they would usually be but at the same time you have this through line of like What they're having to go through because of the times, you know, like they'll always say like the times did this to me or, you know, like your dreams are being crushed because of the times like, you know, she like that's what's doing it Mm. to you. But then like the framing device is her daughter in the present day reading her mom's diaries. And she's also dealing with, you know, the times and how you can't have a dream. You just have to find a job. So, like, it's really interesting that they've put that in. Um, because it's like an added layer to like what you're already dealing with at that age of like becoming your own person and like learning what you want to do. And uh, if you will allow me to quote a line, if you don't think it's a spoiler, one of the things that he says to her, and I think it's in either episode one or two, oh, is like, "Oh, I
2: know which line. I know which line. Go, go, yeah. go." Yeah. Go, go.
1: <laughs> so he says, "You know, you're still at an age like basically she's doing reckless things to try to get transferred to the other school, and he he like comes across her." Um, And he's like, this is a terrible plan, eh? And then he's like, (laughs) he's like, come up with another plan. And then he's also like, you know, you're still at the age where you have the protection of like your status as a kid. You're still technically a kid. And there are people whose job it is to help you right now, like use those people. He's like, the reason that you're not allowed to be in certain situations as a minor is because your imagination is not large enough to understand the consequences of what you're doing. And adults have a larger imagination about like what consequences can come and that's why like you're supposed to be protected by adults i just
2: like it's such a great scene
1: it's such a good scene and he's like not condescending at all which is what i love about him he's not condescending he's just like take it from me i want to help you but it's not in like a patronizing like paternalistic way He's just like a good guy and he doesn't want to get
2: her to like be in trouble and in a way that she can't come back from agreed and and Namjoon has actually given quite a few of these moments where he speaks from a because in in that current group uh, of you know school kids he's the oldest amongst them like he's kind of part of that group in because he knows all all of these people through different means but he's still the oldest amongst them and his maturity really shows in these moments you know like they're the the okay so. Nahido's idol is uh, Goyurim, who is this gold medalist in this other school. She comes from a a pretty humble background. Her path to that gold medal was basically sponsored by uh, Bengi Jin, but that was Nam Joo Hyuk's, the the rich boy's uh, family. They they helped sponsor her. So that's how Nam Joo Hyuk's character also knows this gold medalist girl. And they have like a sibling-ish relationship. But at one point, Goyurim uh, basically says, you, you you used to be my first love. She says that in a way, like, you know, little kids say to, like, older brother characters that they really admire. And he's like, it wasn't me. It was just, you know, this really flashy car that I had at that point. You saw that and you saw me in this whole, you know, glamorous way, and that's what you that what you had a crush on, and she's like, well, that's disappointing, so my first time she, was She's like, car, right, <laughs> dang it. <laughs>
1: it's, like, so funny.
2: There's a lot of humor in this. I also really love
1: the way that they, um, the episode, the intro is, like, in, like, this old aspect ratio, oh, like, well, crappy like, it's, video, it's, it's and 90s. it's, like, 90s. <laughs> it's 90s and like, intro. Oh, even it's, the, it's you know, like, the chirons are, like, 90s style. Oh, it's so good. It's, like, so, I was telling my sister, I mean she was born in 1998 so but i was like this is i was like this nostalgia like it's like a drug like i know that it's very powerful but like feeling it hit you as like from like a sociological perspective i was like wow this is this is nuts um but yeah like the directing is beautiful and they've done it in such a oh i just love how it's directed it's
2: beautifully directed it is. And moving away from Namji Hyuk a bit, uh, the two girls. So Nahiko, yes. our protagonist, and her idol, Goyurim, who, like, she gets into the same team as Goyurim, and then, you know, scales kind of start falling from her eyes because now she's gotten too close <laughs> to her <laughs> idol, and she isn't all that she hoped, you know, her idol would be. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I love how in this portion of the... And I'm sure, you know, obviously... Because of the title, we know that at some point they're going to move to, you know, when they are 25 and 21. But I love that for this portion of the story, the angst and the like the love connection is actually between these two girls it's like this unrequited admiration where like she meets her and then like it's definitely not what she was imagining and then they have to sort of and I mean I don't want to spoil the other connection between them but like there's a lot going on with that relationship in a way and that like really makes me excited because like when you're 17 or 18 um it's definitely your friends Mm -hmm. like and other girls who break your heart in the most devastating ways Mm -hmm. Um, and I really am excited to like see how they explore this whole thing and I I, you know like whether they become friends or like rivals or whatever ends up happening.
2: You can kind of see hints that whatever it's it's going to end up being it's going to be epic because of the framing device because you know like the it's not a spoiler the the show starts by telling us that Nahido uh, made history at some Mm. point in her career. And now she's in her, I think, late 30s. She has a teenage daughter who um, decided that even though she had pursued ballet, she just wasn't good enough and just decided to give it up. And Nahido isn't so much um, crushed about her daughter not being great. She's like, how can you give up on your dream? That's what she doesn't understand about her daughter. And her daughter is like, but why do adults always want us to have dreams? And so... (laughs) At, at some point, her grandmother is like, okay, so that is the struggle your generation is dealing with. As if, you know, like, at, there was a time when your mother couldn't even have access to her dream because of, you know, the, the the financial crisis that happened. She struggled so hard to keep that dream alive because she had no support from anyone. It's it's that generational divide that the framing device instantly gives us access to that I, I really love because, of course, it's unique to this family. It's not like every family has the same issue, but... Even then, it feels like there is this epicness built into the storytelling. And I like, before we move on, because I know we
1: have to move on to the next drama, I like how much mother-daughter stuff that gives us. Because Mm -hmm. you have the mother-daughter stuff between Nahido and her mother. And then you have the mother-daughter stuff between her and her own daughter in the present. And I just really love how it portrays this, like, head-butting, extreme, uh, anxious, (laughs) and, like full of emotions love that you have when with your mother when you're like at that age and you're like you know like both of you are kind of fighting but you love each other but like you can't always talk about it you know like it's very it's like feels very real the writing in this is really really good is, is basically what i want to say at least so far really so
0: basically it. it's a worthy successor to search www
2: absolutely yeah this actually makes me think about the reply series a lot not because it's it's the same it's not at all the same mm-hmm. but the writing is that good and fingers crossed let's see if if it can even get better than that but like, yeah like it's now, that it's that good but it's like
1: in a totally different style different which way. i really totally appreciate yeah. yeah i appreciate that it's not trying to be like reply ninety ninety seven 97 like part two or whatever it has totally its own thing so yes highly recommend At least it won't leave you trying to guess who's the husband.
2: Thank (laughs) God! We
1: haven't even seen her husband. So, like, I mean, there's one line that gives me concern where she's like, ooh, is this diary about my mom's ex-boyfriend? And I was like, no, 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 don't go there.
2: But (laughs) it wasn't. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. wasn't. Yeah, so that's nice. (laughs) What's next, Barbara? Okay, so next we have forecasting love and weather with uh, Park Min-young and Song Kang and Yun Park and it's so okay I don't know how to say this but the weather forecasting is probably the most interesting part about this drama. (laughs) I've only watched one episode but I agree with you. (laughs) Like I think we were making fun of like how dramatic can weather forecasting possibly be in what's up in Ramaland? Mm-hmm. But apparently pretty, pretty dramatic. It can actually have catastrophic consequences if you get the forecasting wrong. I'm pretty sure it can, but I just they, they managed to grip my attention. The forecasting, the office stuff, all of the plots that have to do with the office staff. I am in for it. I want to know who gets promoted next, who gets reassigned, who gets the weather wrong. I am super invested in this. The romance, not so much. I was thinking, you know, my main thought is
1: the thought that I also expressed while we were previewing this drama. The main thought I had was like, I really wish there was no romance in this drama. It was kind of giving mm-hmm. me vibes of like, I don't watch a lot of Japanese dramas these days, but when I first got into like East Asian dramas, I, I started with Japanese dramas, I watched a ton of like Japanese workplace centered dramas. Mm. And it's giving me that vibe. And like, Japan does those so well. Yeah. Mm. Um, Like without yeah. putting any romance in them. Or maybe mm. there'll be like a hint at the end of like the final episode that there might be something. <laughs> and like, that's fine. That's all I need. I, you know, mm. like, I'm, I'm much more there for like, the platonic building of work relationships in a really interesting way. And like, I feel like those dramas allow you to dig into what's happening at work in a much more interesting way than, like, a love story that's set at work. But I feel like now a lot of Korean dramas are, like, trying to do the workplace stuff better. So, like, not just making it into a backdrop, but really trying to do enough research that you get an interesting depiction of what's happening at work. But then I feel like you get stuff like Jiri-san where, like, it's, like, two dramas. Like, there's the workplace (laughs) drama and then there's, like, the actual plot of what the drama wanted to be about um i don't think it works that well so like here i feel like they're trying to do a rom-com while also also like why are all these people dating at work it's so messy it's not even just like the main couple it's like everyone is dating their co-worker i'm like no this is too messy like why would you do this oh episode one just gave me so
2: much anxiety the whole time i was like stressed <laughs> I, I i have to come in here and say so episode one was an interesting way to start this show. Um, let's put the romance aside for a second. Like let's put Song Kang's entire character and put him in a box and put him away for a second, um, or for many episodes. <laughs> but it, well. I, I like the boy. I really like the boy. I just really wish this wasn't
1: what they would. That's the tagline for this episode. Put Song Kang in a box. <laughs>
2: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, so what What I was saying was that the first episode started off with Park Min-young's character, um, Jin Ha Kyung, in a really bad place. Like, it's it's spans one day, and it's a really bad day, both in her career and her personal life. So that's how you introduce this character. And this character, we have been told, told, not shown, told, initially by several people is that she's very rigid and that she is, she's very cautious. She's so cautious that she will, you know, look at the data for hours and hours and hours when she's asked to make a decision immediately. That's the level of her cautiousness. So um, that is, I suppose, where her character starts from. Not, necess- not necessarily a bad place. So what I find interesting about Park min character is that she is not universally admired in her office. Like, people think she is really smart, but that her... Inability to quickly come to a decision makes her not the ideal candidate for the positions she ends up Mm, uh, getting. For a leadership um, position. Her leadership position. So her entire arc is about becoming a better leader, right? I love that for her. For one, she's not a secretary or like just the Girl Friday for some really nice looking guy. It's just, I like... That she is not just in the boss position, but that she has to prove her her chops as the boss. That's great. Now, you also have her personal life situation going on with Yoon Park, which I, I thought was kind of unnecessary to start the drama with because I really, I, I wasn't being able to like Park Min character in the first episode. She was just so incompetent in so many ways. By the second episode, you understand why. Because she was going through really a really bad day in the first episode. She wasn't at her best. But again, very weird choice to start. It is a weird choice, yeah. Like, you have not given us any any hint of her normal behavior and life. You start from the worst day. Okay. And then you have, like, from second episode is where it kind of actually starts. The drama, the story actually starts. And Yun Park, yes, he is a complete ass. But also, weirdly a kind of like really entertaining and sympathetic ass in some ways. Um, <laughs> like by the, by the fourth episode, you start feeling a little for the guy. Not not for what he did to uh, Jin Young. That There's no coming back from that. There is no redemption. But like as a person, <laughs> I really kind of like that they started with his worst moment and then kind of started showing us a little more humanity in him as we went on. Um, not a bad look for Yun Park's character, but it's a bit messy. This drama in the first few episodes, the first four episodes, has been really messy. And I can't get a grip on where the storylines are going or where I want it to go as a viewer. All I know is I really enjoy the weather room <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Anissa, go. You've watched a few of these episodes, too, right? Well, I've only watched one episode, so okay. my impression
1: was it's messy. And what you're saying to me is it continues to be messy. <laughs> so um, I don't know, like sometimes it's nice not to know where something's going because I feel like everything is so predictable for us since we're like, you know, veteran K-drama watchers at this point. But also sometimes that just means that the drama
2: doesn't really know where it's going and that's concerning. Yeah. <laughs> So. I'm, I'm a little afraid that it is the latter, that the drama doesn't know where it's going. But if it's the former and I'm proved wrong, we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. Um, you can't really stay the course without showing your hand a bit uh, by episode eight-ish, which would be next mm. weekend. So we'll find out soon enough.
1: Let's take uh, Song Gang back out of his corner. I want to say... Yeah. Books, books, not corner. <laughs> The box has corners, Saya. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I couldn't resist a, like, very oblique babies in the corner because he is the baby. Um, so what I wanted to say about his character is, like, he's an interesting character from some perspectives because I see what they're doing with, like, Park young being extremely cautious about everything and which kind of paralyzes her sometimes when it comes to making a decision whereas he is like when it comes to the weather like that's the one thing where he just kind of like goes by his instincts and he's not like he uses the data but like he has this sort of talent i guess you could say and it's kind of like contrasting those two styles of working but in practice when you have this woman who's in a higher position who is surrounded by men and you know her personal life is causing issues for her in the workplace in a way that like he's like literally calling her out and being like oh i guess since you're getting married soon you don't care about doing a good job at work and like you have this like young 25 year old or however the heck how old he is i don't know how old he is he's really young i don't know that dynamic of like here's this like young genius who's going to show up this older woman and like and she's going to be happy about it because he's going to, like, teach her how to live a better life. I'm, like, so over that type of Nuna romance at this point. And I think it would almost be more interesting
2: if they were only going to ever be colleagues. I might be, like, okay with that dynamic, but, but I, think I don't would be okay with their romance once they sorted out their dynamic. But because, as you have pointed out, their first interaction is really um, hostile, and it's hostile from Song Kang's, uh, which yes. is uh side because they in a professional setting you don't bring up uh, anyone's personal, I don't care what the gossip is in your workspace, you don't bring that up but he basically accuses her of uh, negligence and incompetence and she's at a much higher position than he is and it's, it's a level of arrogance from this character Mm -hmm. and maybe the show the show creators wanted us to see him as arrogant but i it's not very consistent because at other times he's not arrogant at all he's supremely sympathetic so it's it's this really you know um whiplash of characteristics that don't make a lot of sense when it comes to Song Kong's character.
1: Yeah, like there's that older guy um, that has worked with him before that now works with Pugminian's character. And he, and he's like, oh, like, he's a really gentle guy, except when it comes to the weather. So I feel like the the show is framing it in this way of like, he's a really nice dude. He just like cares too much about the weather. It's like a noble assholery or whatever. But <laughs> But it's like, yeah. no, like, this isn't something that a good person would do. What he does to her in episode one is not something that a good person would do. And even if you see the way he treats his girlfriend, he doesn't really care about how she feels. Like, he's really nice to her, but he doesn't notice how she's feeling. He doesn't ask, you know? So, like, I don't know if that's, like, part of his character arc or if he's being written this way and then the show is still asking us to take him as a good person.
2: So I won't comment on his relationship because they do something in the second episode that completely changes stuff. But I just want to, again, emphasize what you said, which is that um, Park Min Young's character has a very interesting position where she is really smart, really... And she gets to a very high position at a very young age in, in her profession. And people admire that about her, except that her immediate team isn't very sure that she can lead them. So, at a later episode, they have another senior um forecaster come into her team. He's older. he's more senior in in, in experience, but she is his immediate superior. So she has a difficult time mm. um, asking him to do stuff. Now, and their interaction was probably my favorite thing in the last episode where he's basically like, "Listen, I understand this is awkward." But give me an give me a clear order so I can execute it. Don't don't just like say vague things because then everything is messed up. I don't know what you want. And I I will not I will not respect your order if you are not clear about it. it's the it was a really good scene. And I want so much more of that. And mm. at this point, I have started to feel really hostile towards Ishiwo's character who every time he is part of a scene or part of, you know, anything to do with um you know, Park Min-young's character, it's it's like he's either proving her wrong in some way or he's finding her in vulnerable moments. Like, I feel very protective of Jin Ha Kyung. Um, and I, I'm really hoping that the show knows what it's doing. At, at this point, <laughs> I'm very nervous that it doesn't, is what I'm trying to... But, you know, all of that said... Song Kang's character possibly could have like an interesting backstory. It's not been revealed yet, but you can kind of see them hinting at some tragic hero backstory situation, probably oh, connected with the weather. Um,
0: <laughs> <So> that's <laughs> all we need yeah. <laughs> for yeah, up more oxygen from this story. I didn't think any would think that of, of that as a positive. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm no just trying more to find like trauma
2: from the male hero. Maybe, maybe, maybe there is there is more complexity. I mean, look what happened in her private life. Yeah, no, exactly. but like his tragic backstory just like stole all of her space. Or from the what's, story. what's wrong with Secretary Kim? It, this is yeah, like something yeah. that Park Weed Young dramas do, where her like the heroine story starts the show and then the hero story ends the show, and it's like a romance trope but it's like specifically Park Min Young's every single drama here's
1: another spot where I'm going to bring in kudos to my familiar wife for giving the first half of the drama to the dude and giving the second half of of the drama to the female lead in a way that was like excellent I know I recommend that often but I just want to recommend that again it's
0: been a while since you have so you reminded me that I also still have yet to watch that (laughs)
2: It was I really satisfying, it, but yeah, it's I yeah, it's high on my watch list of like things to catch up on. That are <laughs> amazing. The
1: last like really shallow thing I want to say about this show is like. Hugman Young, please get a new haircut and change your style <laughs> slightly because yes. I cannot separate her visually from the past three characters she's played. And it's like mm. a small thing, but it's like it's important, you know, like have a different hair length and a hair color. And it doesn't have to be daring. Yeah, if you're still can... going to wear the same pantsuits yeah. and like pointy shoes. OK, maybe that's like the only professional wear that is like trendy or that she prefers
2: to wear. But like at least change your haircut anyway (laughs) i'm done agreed um just one one last note something that one of our patrons pointed out was that so you have uh, kim mi kyung again playing a mother Um, character uh, (laughs) yeah but like mother character to an unmarried daughter thing is starting to become like her something that she's really typecast in Hmm. i mean i understand and and it's and i and i completely agree like we remember her as the hacker Ajumma, right? And mm. we have we like she has done some really great roles within what what is offered to her. But I think it's just like underusing her to always cast her as this overly worried mother. Like that's what she did in um, her private life. It, it's it feels like she's oh, hey, playing young the again. exact same character. Yeah, oh Hey Young again. Same almost the same thing. It yeah. feels like she's playing exactly the same character.
0: You know, one of the things I was thinking about is, I mean. Bearing in mind, we tend to forget this because Healer was so internationally loved, but it didn't do well domestically. And if you think of both Pang Min Young and Ji chang post-Healer, neither of them have really had, apart from Queen for Seven Days, which is a bit of an outlier for Pang Min Young, but both of them have not had good drama choices in the sense of the drama being good from beginning to end and them being good in it. I just wonder if, like, Healer kind of flipped a switch for them that they've been trying to sort of get away from. I mean, we know for Jeechengok, it was K2 that kind of broke him, and he's never gone back to action of any kind since he's solidly become, like, a romance drama actor. And, like, I feel that he was truly traumatized by that drama. (laughs) But also, he was kind of given K2 because of Healer, right? Because he yeah. was able to prove that he mm. had that sort of action hero ability. And then Pang Min Young, she changed her visual so completely for Healer, And that drama, you know, did tank at home. So again, maybe she's kind of got a bit of a really negative association with changing her image in that way or doing something that maybe. is too far yeah. off. What and you is- never know.
1: In terms Acceptable. of, like, who somebody has advising them mm. from their agency's side, right? Like, maybe her agency has told her, like, this is what works for you. Keep doing it, mm. you know? And maybe who knows? Who knows? Like, these people are under a lot of different pressures True. that we can't see.
0: It's just so sad when you It's can... for her, yeah. right? Like,
1: for her own sake, I wish she would do something a little different. Because, yeah. like, when she's good, she's really, really good. And I mean, mm. she's good. I mean, she's still good in all this stuff. But even, <laughs> you know, like, she's sitting in the meeting with her boss. And her boss is like, uh, so your sleazy ex-boyfriend is coming back to the workplace because we couldn't transfer him somewhere else. Do you want to, like, go to Switzerland for a year? And she does that, like, frozen work face again. And I'm like, how many times do I have to watch you with your frozen work face? Like, (laughs) she does a great job. I mean, it's very good, but I'm just like, do something different.
2: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So those were our thoughts on uh, forecasting love and weather. And finally, Saya has a drama for us. Yeah, I actually had a lot to choose from, but I've decided to
0: bring Rookie Cops because, well, it's the thing that I've just come off watching. The latest episode, I think it's up to episode 10. And, you know, talk about changing hair. Chesor is always changing her hair. I love it. I love Chesor so much. I just <laughs> oh, want to start by great. saying how much I love her. <laughs> she's just like, OK, in the first episode, I was like, oh, Chesor I don't know that I like you. You know, just being sort of rebellious for no reason. <laughs> and you're kind of like, oh, be quiet, just get on with it. But but then it kind of, it works itself up. So Rookie Cups is basically what Police University could have been if they had sort of sorted themselves out and picked the story they wanted to tell. Um, it's like fully a campus drama. It's great. And it's all about the young people. The older people are, they're there and they have their own story, but they're not overshadowing the real story, which is these rookie cops. So we meet them actually even before they start police university. And they have a roundabout way of arriving there. But the leads, uh, Chesubin and uh, Kang Daniel, they don't know that they're both at the same school. And previously before they get there, they've had a quite um, bad encounter <laughs> involving like cheating girlfriends who the cheating girlfriend happened to be Chesubin's only oh dear it's yeah it's it's really funny though it's not as heavy and serious as it sounds it's very funny and it quickly moves away from that but so this is the thing and I was having a discussion with Marcia who hit me up on Twitter about this thank you Marcia it's a great conversation Um, about how the opening of the show is kind of a bit horrible because they basically are in pre-term boot camp it's like those two weeks where they are just being run ragged by their seniors so for about I guess three episodes they're just oh it's oh I was three episodes in and I was like I'm just watching like three hours of these upperclassmen sort of abusing hmm. and bullying and torturing the freshmen. And then like the university, the principal saying, uh, Chancellor, Vice-Chancellor, what do you call them? The head. Saying that this <laughs> is an important tradition. <laughs> and you're just sitting there thinking, like, I don't see how violence and abuse teach people like integrity and duty and self-sacrifice. Like, I don't. And why are you making the argument? Violence breeds violence you know you're just perpetuating the same abusive patterns you're giving people a free pass to abuse the juniors that they should be caring about and it breaks people or it hardens them and neither of those things are good things and so I was just sitting there sort of 40 minutes into episode three thinking this is disgusting I'm going to stop (laughs) (laughs) but then then something happens and it's You know, I was reading at the same time as watching this particular episode, I was also reading um, Mansur Addaifi's book, um, Don't Forget Us Here, which is written by a former detainee of Guantanamo. He was in there for 14 years and he said I were interviewing him for our other podcast. One of the things that really struck me about his experience in Guantanamo was how the ways that you can resist are so limited And he talked about how their bodies had become a battlefield. And so hunger strikes were their sort of chosen tool of resistance. And so you have this, it's actually quite an epic scene that they have in sort of at the tail end, uh, the climax of this arc of the story, where the students put up a, a, a kind of a resistance, which is... It made me think a lot of that, like when you are being oppressed, there's only so much that you can do that kind of allows you to make your point really strongly, but also not be killed. Mm. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's and she has this great line, which she says, I think, to the principal, which is that beatings don't make us into great police officers. It only makes us rebellious. And it also teaches you
1: violence as a way of exactly. dealing with things, which you're then going to take out on the people that you're supposed to be protecting. Exactly.
0: And so then, see, the, the show is kind of a little uneven when it goes here because you think it's trying. Until that point, it hasn't said anything particularly interesting except to be like, well, this is the way it is. And then they present this argument, well, you know, society is unfair. So, yes, your life here is also going to be unfair, which, Mm. you know, total BS, just that's not an argument. Just a cop-out. Excuse the pun. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, that's just oppressor logic, right? Like, yes, society is unfair, but isn't that because of you? Like, don't your unjust actions increase the weight of injustice in society? Like, you know, for flip's sake, it's like saying, well, since you drown, if you fall into the sea, you might as well jump. And like, no, (laughs) you know, like you could not do the unfair thing. You could not do the oppressive thing. And there you go. You've solved one molecule of like violence and oppression in society. Yeah. So, okay. so all of that happened. And then that's kind of a closed chapter. That chapter closes and you get to begin the actual university life. And then it doesn't really go back to that. So I found that kind of interesting. But I also really love where the drama's at now, which is like, you know, these kids, they're growing together, they're bonding together, they are facing these questions of how to deal with injustice as individuals so it's kind of taken it from that institutional point of view down to the individual perspective but also it's just really sweet and it has like Kang Daniel is really cute um Chesubin is of course marvelous but they're friends like you know you've got oh what's her name um from True Beauty um oh Pakuna oh okay so Pakuna plays this character. I might have to, like Borma, You might be a little disappointed by her character to start with because she doesn't quite get the justice that you want her to. But uh. we're still well. Sh- she's getting there. She is actually getting hashtag justice for Pakuna. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Why? She why? deserves so like, much better. <sighs> yeah, but she's also like. I mean, it took them like eight episodes to remember that she existed again. Oh man, oh, but wow. but the, it like they are not doing her dirty at least although it kind of did for a bit
1: <sighs> honestly this girl deserves a lead role
2: in something she really does and i don't understand why she's not getting one Would
0: well, you know i was thinking of um the first time we ever saw Chisubin in Sassy Gogo and how you kind of start off as a villain to prove yourself and then eventually you get noticed i think if you don't have typical uh female lead looks
1: and vibes Then you have to do that. Whereas Mm -hmm. like people who start out with those sort of conventionally accepted heroine Mm -hmm. vibes, and I think those are changing a little bit, but like 10 years ago, there was a very set kind of vibe for uh, for a heroine and the actresses who naturally had that vibe or who had already played characters where they could portray that vibe. They tended to get the ma- the female lead roles, whereas like mm. someone like Chesubin, who is like gorgeous, but she doesn't have that like typical. Look, I'm so right? glad you
0: said that because it's something I've actually noticed. Um, Like it's, I don't know how to say this in a way that is sort of like not like impolitic, but she has a body, and it's such a joy to see it. Like she is not a stick. She, I mean, she's not like fat. She's not, but she has. She doesn't have, you know, the thing I think I tend to notice more is when, like, you know, these heroines turn sideways and they have no waists. And, like, Chisubin is not like that. She's just got a, a, uh, this sounds really weird, but a wonderful body. (laughs) 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 In that it's present and it's unashamed and it's, you know, like, and and again, uh, this is a Peng Min-young thing, which is like she likes the camera to, uh, uh, like, take a certain side of her face, like her better side. And like Chesubin doesn't have any self-consciousness in that. Like, she's just so comfortable in her physical existence. And I love it. I, I don't know if that's weird, but I like that. No, it.
1: and and it's possible that it made it that made it harder for her in the beginning, mm-hmm. before she had like, you know, quote unquote proven herself to get rules in the same yeah. way. So and with Pakina, it's like she's very conventionally beautiful, but she also has like the type of characteristics that they usually give like evil yes, exactly, you know? <laughs> and, st- and not heroines which is a shame like why can't heroines come in all shapes and sizes
2: the interesting thing about Bakina is that she had a guest role in Sassy Coco too. oh this did- was in oh. 2015
1: no way I do not remember that
2: <laughs> yeah she was one I- of I the, chen- the she was she I was can re- I can I
0: remember now
2: I know exactly ah. who she was yes so she has been in like supporting roles and bit roles for like seven years at this point. Mm. Yeah, and like big shows like Stranger, also known as Force of Secrets, Sky Castle. Yeah, yeah. My ID, my ID is where I I saw her first, mm. and then she did that part in Hotel del Luna where she was the reincarnated princess, oh, yeah. and then True Beauty. And now Rookie Cops. I, I just really, I think she had one main role in a drama that I didn't know about at all. It was called Two Hearts. Was and that a web it was Six episodes. I think it was mm-hmm. a very short. Oh, like um, a special. Six episode mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But like, for whatever reason, she is not. She is billed as like a main character in both uh, True Beauty and Rookie Cop, So I suppose you're right mm-hmm. in that she is going up the ladder. This is definitely
0: but, her like, biggest role to date, I would say. It's bigger okay. than her role in... So, you know, you okay.
1: let's hope for, for more better things for her in the future. And she has then. a
0: significant storyline in it as well. So, you know, she's very nice. important to the story. Oh, well, the other thing I wanted to talk about is like... <laughs> so, like, the girls have their story and then there's the boys. And, like, it's just very hmm how do we put it it's, it's just very warm like you know the fellowship and that whole feeling of being in school and making it together and going through your troubles and things together and like at one point like their manly bonding is in a literal mud fight which is great so, I love that episode I,
1: you know me I love like university campus dramas doesn't hmm. this like hit that feel of the campus drama that I Won yes, it from, I think uh, so. police university and...
0: Oh, we got 50% off. Okay. I was sitting there thinking I wish Jin Young was in this drama. Oh, <laughs> cuz it's like it would be so good. That brings me to my question was Which,
2: Daniel.
1: Yeah, because this is his first role. Like he's mostly known for being part of 101 and being mm. extremely adorable on variety shows. But like is he a good actor? How's he doing?
0: Um, so I have mixed feelings about this. I think if you don't think too hard, he's doing a very serviceable job and he's very sweet and very sincere. Well
1: it's but, basically his brand being yeah. sweet and sincere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but there are points when like he'll say a certain like he'll deliver a line a certain way and I'll be like, is that acting or is that him delivering it badly? Um like I think he he can be a little flat at times but also he's definitely not bad he probably could be better, but his sort of sweetness kind of makes up for his acting shortcomings. And also, so the show, obviously, the romance is between him and Chisuwin, And it does it in a really lovely way. Like everything about it is just really nice. But it's also a show where the friendship is better than the romance, but the romance is still really good. And the friendship between Pakuna and Chesubin, when it's sort of, well, not really a friendship yet, but when the relationship between them begins to thaw, it's framed in the way that you frame the romantic moments. And that, again, I just found that so lovely. And I thought of you guys telling me to watch Search WWW, so um, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> very, yes. uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I I do love that there are more and more instances of these, you know, the the girl bonding moments, like, given the same kind of treatment that bromances have been given for the past decade or more. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, one of the other
0: ones, I will say this very briefly, I will not go into a 10 minute spiel about Doctors, but one of the (laughs) things about Doctors was the relationship between Pakshine and her girlfriend, uh, the one that she was living with, was just so like, it was like, again, framed in that sort of tongue in cheek, quasi romantic kind of way. But also it was just these girls just love each other so, 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 so much. And, you know, you're watching Ghost Doctor, so we'll talk about that next time. Unless you want to briefly tell us how you feel about, like, the I first episode that you watch. So much.
2: <laughs> I I had not expected Rain to be this funny. I don't, I he's just have not. He's always so funny. Yeah, he's so funny. Yeah. That's, like, one of the things that he does well. It's his brand, yeah. <laughs> he's hilarious. I thought he was a good actor, but I did not expect him to be funny like this 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 you know it's not even slapstick it's not slapstick but there's like a bodily humor that's in this thing yeah. and it's just it's so enduring and then you have Kim Bomb, who's just I mean this entire just the two of them <laughs> I've just watched one and a half episodes and I'm just I I'm so happy this the drama has finished airing so I can watch the entirety of it now I look I look forward to us catching up when you have finished this and I can actually
0: talk about it freely with you because I finished it and I adored it and it's just oh I love it so much it's so good (laughs) I think we'll leave it there so that's it for Rookie Cups and brief free into Ghost Doctor and that's it for the entire yak yeah
2: Yeah. we decided to keep it a little short this time
0: Goguma's on a diet (laughs) we're torturing him I mean
1: I'm against diet culture. Just want to put too. that out there. But like, <laughs> let's say we're preserving our time and our mental health by not doing three hour recording. <laughs> and hopefully this Ava. will be like easier to um, digest for y'all as well in like shorter bites. Let us know what you think. And 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 speaking of letting us know what you think, you can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can find me on Twitter at Anisa Khalifa underscore. You can
2: find me at saya. You can find me, Parma, at Festa faster. You can find Dramas Over Flowers on Instagram at DramasOverFlowers underscore. And you can email us at DramasOverFlowers at gmail.com. You can
1: also find us on Facebook. Just look up Dramas Over Flowers. And our website where you can find articles and reviews and fun blog posts is at DramasOverFlowers.net.
0: Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts and that's that's it it. (laughs) Bye. bye bye everyone